0: Hello and welcome back to The Cine Skinny. It's the film podcast from The Skinny Magazine. Uh, we are still here from the last time that we were recording because this is the second part of our end of 2023 stuff. So the previous episode on the feed, that's the serious one. I've just elbowed Ellie's computer. I know, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> that's the serious one. That's the one where we go through all the films in a bit of detail and have a great time. Uh, This is the one where we talk about little pretend made-up awards that we've uh, come (laughs) up with and air our various grievances against the world of film and the various people in it. The we that's doing it is Ellie Robertson, Jamie Dunn, Anahit Barouz, and myself Peter Simpson. Everyone say hello. Hello. Expertly done. Uh, We've we're up against it clockwise for various reasons, not least my lack of organization. So the plan for this one is we've come up with some awards categories. I say come up with, we lifted the ones that we did this time last year and I had a few more fun ones in, uh, and we are going to use that to talk about some films that maybe didn't get the shine that they, the, the other ones, that the good ones did, uh, but are still more than worth talking about. That's right, it's a fun one. It's the free play at the end of the school term. Jamie's brought Scrabble, <laughs> Ellie's, Ellie's got snakes and ladders, I'm standing in the corner with my pop up pirate, (laughs) a great fun time. So we'll just rock. uh, And I think we'll start with the one that's going to start an argument because then that will create a good energy in the room. (laughs) Most most contrarian film
1: opinion of 2023, Jamie Dunn, go. Well, I don't think this is that contrarian, but I, I was a little bit, basically I don't love past lives. I think it's, I think the film has a big problem and that structurally it just doesn't work until the half last half hour. I admit the last half hour was great. The first half hour, I I could I, I mean, take or leave. It's not super contrarian, because I don't disagree
2: with that. But it, my, my bigger problem, I think, is I just went in with way too high expectations. I remember when the trailer was out, and there was all this buzz about it being like the first really good film of 2023. And it just sort of like missold the film to me. It's much more like quieter and lower and more contemplative. But yeah, I mean... I don't fully disagree with you, so you're not completely
0: contrarian. So we've opened with Jamie taking a shot at the film that was number three on the list (laughs) of uh, best films of 2023. I believe someone's got something to say about the film that's number
1: two.
3: Oh, yeah, no, I don't think, yeah.
1: (laughs) I think this is just payback. (laughs) This this, this went on after I wrote.
3: (laughs) Yeah, this is me being (laughs) annoying. I'm not, okay, so it's about Killers of the Flourmean and it's not that I think it was simply okay because I'm not a dickhead. (laughs) But I just don't think it's his masterpiece. I think it's my thing. I didn't think it was a masterpiece. I did think it was really, really, really good. Um, But I think there were like bits towards the beginning of the film, like the bit where um, the indigenous people are dancing in the oil. And I thought that that kind of visual sensibility would carry over for a lot of the film. And I think after that scene, there was a certain amount of kind of storytelling flatness that I felt. That still made it like it was still a really excellent film. Actually until the final scene. And then the final scene I was like, oh yeah, yeah, we're back, baby. Um but I just thought that it, it just wasn't a masterpiece. I just didn't think it was a masterpiece. I thought it was really incredibly very, very good. Um, But that was maybe all.
0: So, so far being contrarian, we've got two... We've ruined the
3: previous podcast.
0: we've (laughs) We've ruined the previous podcast and we've got two, I would say, quite heavily qualified, slight criticisms of otherwise good films. I think that Ellie's contrarian opinion written. be can just be read verbatim and then we can move on to the next section. My topic sentence
2: is Oppenheimer has the biggest cast of the year and does fuck all with it. Bang. Um, Shots fired. (laughs) Take that. I, like, yeah, I think that if you want to tell the story of the Manhattan Project with the most ridiculously star studded cast, you can't zero in on Oppenheimer in the way that Chris Nolan has. Florence Pugh is an incredible performer who has four scenes. She speaks in, like, three of them. In two of them, she's completely topless and in one of them, she's imaginary. Like, there's a, you know, Rami Malek.
0: Women be like that.
2: I mean, that <laughs> Christopher is Christopher
0: It's a terrible
2: film for women and for anyone who's not Oppenheimer. Really, like let, Rami Malek was like the biggest name a couple of years ago. He was at the top of everything. He shows up. He's got like one line. Like he's just an. Afterthought. That's probably one too many. I mean, yeah, but like to the point where it's so distracting with everything. We're like, uh, Josh Peck from Drake and Josh is in there. Doesn't need to be in there. Doesn't really do anything. He's just there for set decoration. I I was going to say, that was one of my favorite things about the film. Is like,
1: oh, that's that guy from that thing.
2: I, I mean... Yeah, it's just an insanely long amount of time to spend on a film where really you're not, you're bringing in all these like really recognisable faces for no reason. Like,
1: It reminded me of like old school stuff. Like, but I also love how like... like, like I
2: want to see these people perform and they're not performing. Uh, yeah. They're just sitting there. But,
1: some, but I think some of the small performances are great. Like, I think... Uh, ben Safdie, for example, is really good in his a small performance. Yeah.
2: I don't want to just come across like I don't think these people are doing a good job, like I think
0: that they are, I just think they've not been given a decent job to do with the skills that they have. You know what I'm going to say as a cap to this? My contrarian opinion is that the bad accents in Oppenheimer were great and everyone should have had one. <laughs> <laughs> the real should have been, it should, you know the, what's it called, Death of Stalin, the Armando Inichi film about the Russian... Uh, about Russia, uh, you know the, the Russian country. <laughs> the Death of Stalin.
1: Yeah,
0: but <laughs> <laughs> it's It's about this guy, uh, and, he, and he's unwell, and then all of a sudden he's dead. Um, but in the Death of Stalin, everyone just had their regular accents, and I think they should have done a reverse Death of Stalin on the set of Oppenheimer, and everyone had to come up with a bad accent because half of them were bless their socks. On a film of that budget and that scale, there were some, there were some wandering, wandering <laughs> vocals. From a number of different performers. Bad times. But that shot of Benny Safdie covered in sun cream with his sunglasses on, just staring into the oblivion.
3: Yeah, that's fucking great.
0: It's hilarious. So those were contrarian film opinions. Let's move on to sexy moments in film. Who wants to go first? Sexiest moment in film in 2023?
1: No. I thought
3: all of Blue Jean was really, really sexy. Mm-hmm. And the bits between the two main characters. That was really hot. I would also nominate uh, the bit in How to Blow a Pipeline, where the two kids have sex when they're meant to be blowing up pipeline. <laughs> that,
1: that, that is
0: great, yeah. Now, <laughs> Iconic. What I, what I will say to that is, is one of them not like a snitch? No. Spoilers for possible spoilers. Well, you depending, think they are. Depending on the outcome yeah, yeah, of the yeah, sex? Yeah, yes, you think, no, yeah, right, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, you're yeah, right.
3: Yeah. yeah, you're right. But then it turns out that they're not. Yeah. So they're just like two very twist. awesome kids having yeah. sex. Yeah. I would do a lot more direct. Action. It's, like,
1: it's like How to Have a Pipeline <laughs> like, and How to Have Sex combined. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Chaos. I
3: thought that was sexy.
2: Uh, so I think there's someone. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, my uh, my con- uh, sexiest moment in film was. I mean, this is a bit of a side character, so it's a bit cheeky. But in Rye Lane, when they're at the uh, the art gallery the second time round, and it's a giant display of like portraits of people's asses, and there's just one side character who I guess is their mate going around, and you can hear her in the background of the rest of the scene, she's going up to strangers and being like, "That one's mine, by the way." Oh, hold, hold on, they're not arses. In the second time, oh, the second the time. I mean, the oh, first yeah. time it's it mouths. The second it, time it's, yeah. it's people's butts. But just the, <laughs> that level of confidence, really, just like wandering around an art gallery, being hey, hey look at my butt. It's great, isn't it? Like attainable. Most, most, uh, yeah, most, uh, most confident and and desirable character in the entire film. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so from that, we can either do. Because there's two coming up that we've got a lot of notes for which I think will be good fun. Do we want to talk about best beginnings and endings or do we want to go to the musical section of the episode? Ooh. Let's go musical. Jamie, yeah. your best musical moments
1: I can see from the notes. Well, I've got several. I mean, I think, I think Barri Keenan dancing around to Sophie Ellis-Bexter in the end of, can we spoil this? I think everybody's seen it, everybody knows it happens. Barry Keenan gets his kit off, dances around to Myrtle on the dance floor, is that a spoiler of what happens in the film? I don't know. But it's You really haven't funny. said what the name of the film is. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> the film's just called just Salt Just don't say it and yeah. then it spoiler. <laughs> Man,
0: this Banshees of issue and Directors cut. It's a wild bit of business.
1: The film is Saltburn, uh, A film that I didn't love, but... Ha- uh, uh, but but I, I remember fondly for its crazy scenes and out there moments um, and that was one of them. Um, yeah. Really good fun. So and re- loads of good new drops in that whole film, actually, like tons of tons of good musical moments. So. Yeah. Um, there's also something here about a loot. Oh, look, yeah. Yes. Uh, the loot scene in uh, Dungeons and Dragons where uh, Chris Pine's character is meant to be distracting to guards, but it turns out he's a hologram or something and his face starts to melt. Very funny. Um, just, I just want to mention *Dungeons and Dragons* because I think it was actually a, was really, a really underrated film. film. Yeah. yeah, like pretty underrated, very funny. Uh, Chris Pine, easily the best Chris. There's no no debating for me. The funniest Chris, the most handsome Chris, the best actor. Um, and I hope they make another *Dungeons and Dragons* films because it was actually pretty good. Idea
0: for an episode in 2024: the ranking of all the Chrises. God, I would. I'd listen. I mean, I'll have to because I'll probably have to edit it if we do. We <laughs> uh, could do all the Chrises, like you know, just. Chris the Bar, you know everyone. Chris Mess. Ellie, musical moment. You've put a whole film down. This'll be fun. Well,
1: I mean, like
2: I don't know, I guess this is a spoiler, but Leonor will never die, which we've talked about to this year on the pod, um, has it ends in a very abrupt and unexpected big musical number. Oh yeah. Um, which is really, really fun because like it, it's the it, it's not just a fun way to end a film, but this film in particular just gets more and more unraveled as it goes on and this is after we've had like seeing what it's like in the editing bay and the crew members sitting around having a cigarette wondering how the film's gonna end and you know there's a conversation i think between the director and someone else about how the film's gonna end <laughs> it just just like how would your mum want it to end it's like oh well she always loved to sing and then they just like very naturally just let it happen where it becomes this big song and dance number at the end um
0: good vibes liked that film uh Check it out if you want. <laughs> nice. Uh, I've got two. One is uh, so that from the IMAX remaster of Stop Making Sense. The thing about Stop Making Sense is the way that it's shot is really an amazing film to watch in IMAX because you can. It's like watching an actual gig where you can pick out individual people from the the band. You can decide who you want to look at because everyone is big enough on IMAX. You sometimes can't make them out on a little screen. Uh, But then that is completely separate from my favorite musical moment from it, which is Steve Scales, the percussionist, smacking the absolute shit out of a cowbell in the middle of burning down the house, then garning at the camera, but garning in IMAX. So he's about 25 feet tall. Fantastic. Uh, And also the much mentioned on, on the pod and in the office afterwards, Russian Phantom of the Opera Needle Drop from the soda jerk film, Hello Dankness, which came out of nowhere and I've been thinking about it all year, not least because there's a song on the new Fever Ray album that really sounds like the Phantom of the Opera overture. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. every time I put that on, I'm reminded <laughs> of absolutely ending myself when <laughs> I watched Hello Dankness. And it wasn't just, it was the fact it was the Phantom of the Opera in Russian, deep cut. I love an editor who will go the extra mile to really confuse but uh, titillate me personally. So fair play. So those were musical moments. And I think we can agree, they were all pretty good. Maybe it's time to do the chaotic energy bit, because I feel like that is what is powering this entire endeavor. <laughs> yeah, this pace is really sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> this, is a, this is a full sprint of a podcast. Uh, so chaotic energy, when we talk about this, we're talking about characters, performances, moments, situations that are just unpredictable, unpredicted, and unset mess with the set dressing, shall we say. Jamie, have you got one to talk about? Or shall I come to someone else? Uh, I don't think I have. Actually. Okay, well, I'll come to Anahit then.
3: I'm realizing that I can't really remember any of the stuff.
0: So we're 0 for film. 2 so far.
1: <laughs> Ellie. <laughs> um, I-
3: <laughs> that was me
1: oh the spider punk. yeah
3: yeah i was gonna say <laughs> don't cut me off i might have an opinion um i was gonna say spider punk from across the spider verse but i just couldn't remember like a lot of the specificities of the chaotic moments um but i did really like how utterly fuck the police fuck the establishment he was And not in a kind of, you know, it's not going to actually make a fucking difference. Like, it's not, this is a big, what is it, Sony production? Mm -hmm, Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, they don't believe what they're saying. But I did enjoy really watching it on a big screen like someone saying those kind of things in a film that kids will see. And it's not
2: even like that he's just an aesthetic punk, right? He actually like has an impact on the script where he like fucks over everyone else and just like Pieces out, which is very cool. Which is very cool.
3: Yeah, he like very deliberately. And I think in a kind of film that was all about like narrative, right? Like this idea of like canon events and you're meant to kind of stick to the script in so many ways to have this character that's just like, refuses to stick to any kind of like social political script It was really fun and he was voiced by daniel clear i think yeah mm-hmm. and he has such a sexy voice
1: but also yeah. he's it's also visually chaotic yeah it's like yeah, yeah. it's like i mean all the all the characters have different styles but this one is very he
3: keeps morphing yeah
1: it's like he, he looks like ripped out bits of yeah, paper it looks yeah, yeah. essentially looks like a clash cover or, yeah, or, yeah, or something yeah, yeah. Like that. that's the idea uh yeah
3: yeah he's great, great.
0: Uh, and I believe that, Ellie, your pick is another animated That's right. uh, uh, chaos gremlin. Um, so John Mullaney's character in Puss in Boots, The Last Wish
2: <laughs> is uh, Big Jack Horner, who is little Jack Horner, who sticks his thumb in a pie, grows up to become a demented, sadistic industrialist who's bitter at the fact that he's a, a nursery rhyme and not a fairy tale. But you only need to like look at his character design, because it's like sort of Donald Trump inspired, I guess. All of his... like textures are wrong and he's somehow like very huge and hefty, but also like dainty and pompous and quite gross. Um, But yeah, he has his own little Jiminy Cricket. (coughs) And uh I just made the mistake of
0: googling <laughs> big Jack Horner.
2: There's a point where uh, he's like, all I ever wanted since I was a little boy was just to be the undisputed master of all in time and space. Is that so wrong? And that is, Cr- is, to
0: be fair, a 7 out of 10 John Mulaney. Well, like,
2: Jiminy Cricket then said, who's meant to sound like Jimmy Stewart is like, yes, you're a terrible person. <laughs> big chaotic energy. Love that film.
0: Uh, my shout for chaos um, is a big, baldy Glenn Howerton going yes. absolutely ape constantly in the Blackberry film that Matt Johnson made.
2: There is a point in that film. I maybe you can help explain this because it's set in Waterloo, Canada, yeah. and when the ice hockey league screw him over out of the buy that he wanted, he just screams at them, I'm from Waterloo, where the vampires come from.
0: Yeah, he's so chaotic and off the hook that when he gets to the point where he's been kind of screwed over and things are going very, very bad for him, he says that line, which is so incomprehensible and meaningless, that that's his big final, his big final attempt to be like, ah, you can't do this to me. Doesn't make any sense to anyone. (laughs) I wonder if he ad-libbed it. Yeah. And then he also just like, it's classic, it's like from the Malcolm Tucker school of just like turning up, shouting at things, and then being frustrated when shouting at them hasn't worked, and then smashing a few things up. Good fun. He breaks a phone. He does, and I also want to give uh, a side thing in this to the stream of Blackberry that I was very nicely sent by the film company that had my name in a watermark in the center of the screen for the entire runtime, to the point where I had to squint around it to try and watch the film.
3: That's also chaotic. That
0: is incredibly chaotic. I was like, I would have enjoyed your film more if I wasn't like giving myself astigmatism in real time. <laughs> you bloody people. Anyway, thanks to all the film distributors who've helped us make this podcast this year. Uh, Jamie, would you like to, having not talked about chaotic nonsense, would you like to talk about two of your favorite performances of the year?
1: Uh, yes. What were well, they though? Uh, okay. Uh, I, well, I mean, I just think the best performance I saw this year was Sandra Hiller, um, and a time of fall, uh, an anime of a fall. Um, and I would love to see her nominated for Oscar. And I think she might be uh, because of another film she's in this year, which I haven't seen yet. Um, which is a zone of interest. The Jonathan plays it film, um, but yeah, she was just like fantastic. So steely, um, so mysterious, uh, like the fight scene she has with her husband I think is probably the best scene of the year um, One of the best scenes of like You know, relationship discourse I've seen um, Or discord, sorry, not discourse um, But yeah, she, she was fantastic And, and just, she, she's been great for years, you know Like just just one of the sol- like solid actors um, in Europe And I'm, I'm glad she's getting such a mainstream uh, success now Although I kind of hope she doesn't like go to Hollywood And get ruined and just get shit parts Like, you know, um but, uh, but yeah, she's, she's so successful here. She's probably going to stay in Europe and uh, make great films in Germany. Um, and what was my other film? I can't remember now. Where's the list? It says Ryan Gosling. Oh yeah. And Barbie. I mean, of course, <laughs> the, the, Ryan Gosling. He's amazing. Uh, like, uh, that, that, I mean, Barbie was a film I did not like, but I think he elevates it like so much. Like it's, it's obviously ironic that a film about Barbie and about sort of, you know, uh, Feminism, I guess, is, like, essentially what it's trying to be about. Like, like basically. But, like, the most interesting character is a man. It seems like a big flaw in your film about feminism. but uh, You but should
3: always say feminism.
1: <laughs> feminism, I guess. But, you know, like, I, I think... Uh, He's he's hilarious in and it, and he he makes a lot out of quite a small part. He also and became kind of an underdog because
2: there's this whole thing about how he's too old to play Ken, and now everyone was like, "No, fuck you! He's going to do great," and he
0: did do great.
1: Exactly, he was yeah. a perfect Ken.
0: Absolutely crushed it. So we've just we're running low on time, but we do have the two biggies coming up, which are best knitwear and best small child in a film. <laughs> uh, before we get onto those, I want to very quickly give a shout out to the staircase from John Wick, uh, which. We were going to talk about things that had stolen a film in the third act, and I couldn't decide whether it was the big long staircase or the concept of an isometric view that had stolen the show <laughs> in John Wick 4, because the big long punch... John Wick 4 is not a particularly good film in hindsight. It's a bit all over the shop, uh, and it's probably too long, and the lore doesn't make any sense at this point. But the big long extended punch-up at the end of that film...
2: It like, falls down at four he times. He falls
0: down the staircase four times. There's an incredible scene... Where the camera just moves into a kind of like uh, isometric, like real-time strategy view, and you follow him through all the different rooms in this house, just absolutely brutalizing people, but it's really kind of like balletic filmmaking. So I just want to give a shout out to John Wick for when we're talking about serious cinema, it's important that we talk about a film in which a man falls down a flight of stairs four times. <laughs> okay. So the big ones are here. First of all, we're gonna talk about small children, and then we're gonna close on the network as is tradition. So, Jamie Dunn,
1: your favourite small child of the year. Go. Well, it was all the children in theatre camp. I thought theatre camp was such a delightful movie, we didn't get a chance to talk about it on the show. It's basically, you would love it, Peter, if you've not seen it, it's basically a Christopher Guest film, but with kids. Um, so like, uh, you know, it's very funny, the, but the kids were like real. That's the thing, it's like, it's like, you it should be annoying, but they're not like, I mean, the, th- the fact is they're like, kind of theatre kids means they're allowed to be annoying as well so i don't know it just worked it's just very funny um uh, and i it's probably the film i laughed at the most this year maybe nice he your favorite child of the year
3: i thought the kid in and me in full was really really good like really good like as a kind of participant in the legal system he made no fucking sense but <laughs> as like an actor he was great like really i yeah i think the thing with kid performances is they can so often be over the top because they just can't like moderate like the key of emotion whereas he was just like very kind of reserved and held back and yeah just like did a great fucking job him and the dog great little double team
2: he's also my top pick just because of the fact that he sort of like plays it like an adult like i think it's a a, a good thing about the film that everyone keeps sort of talking down to him and he always turns out to be like way more tuned in than you'd expect him to be not to mention that he's sort of I mean slight spoilers but like he turns out to be very important in the case and Mm -hmm. sort of Columbo one more things (laughs) (laughs) his way into like a happy ending so that was my favourite
0: yeah as a participant in the legal system not great as a de facto experimenter slash Poirot uh, wannabe he does a pretty decent job Um, and I just want to give a shout out to the kid from Coriada's uh, broker mm. for opening the door in the car wash yes. and, and getting <laughs> and getting everyone really, really wet. So final one, final thing we're going to talk about on the Cine Skinny podcast in 2023. Thanks to everyone who has listened to the podcast. Uh, thanks to everyone who has helped us make it. We will be back in January 2024, but we can't leave without talking about the best knitwear in cinema in 2023. I feel like there will be a winner of this, but Ellie wanted to talk about something else. That is not going to be the thing that everyone just starts shouting at me in a second.
2: Oh, about Ennismane? Yes, about yeah. Ennismane is like a, a really fun horror film if you've not seen it. It's it's kind of uh, what my brother described it as a vibe film. Like nothing really happens. There's just a vibe. Uh, plot is re- pretty loose. It's mostly just like this aesthetic haunting, but the aesthetic is so good. I mean, it's like this isolated, uh, like British island. I'm talking like red raincoats and those little like tin teacups. Uh, but by and large, yes, cream-coloured cable knit jumpers—they're uh, really bringing the knitwear in Ennis Main.
0: So Ennis Main's got cable knit, but it cannot step to the unquestioned networking. Jamie, what is it? Passages? Yes, he's got it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he's followed my train of thought.
0: Uh, yeah, we've probably got like a minute who wants to talk uh, effusively about the crochet in passages for oh, a minute. Oh, the
3: crochet is so fucking good. It's yeah. so good. I it entered that even, like,
1: competition together. And like the together. green one? Yeah. Yeah.
3: So yeah, it is. I really am considering just learning how to crochet again. But then it just seems like so much effort.
0: Sally's <laughs> very, very good at crochet. I'm sure she would help you
3: Everybody out. Everybody
2: at the that. table yeah, right, right now is wearing somebody. some great oh. knitwear. I'd like to point this out. people what? are we're, we're
0: bringing the knitwear.
3: Yeah. It's
0: it's like we planned
3: it. (laughs) It's also like it's fucking cold outside. Yeah, that is the issue.
0: My feet are really, really quite cold. Yeah, my hands
3: are getting really cold. Yeah. Um, But anyway, the crochet is great. If Sally, yeah, maybe I might hit Sally up. I just want like a little drapey jumper, (laughs) you know? That's the dream for 2024.
0: (laughs) And incredibly, that's the final word <laughs> from this film podcast for 2023. So that those have been our sort of little de facto Cine Skinny Awards, our alternative look at the last year in cinema. We got through it in 25 minutes. I'm actually quite impressed, although yeah. I feel like I've been shouting a lot and really speeding people <laughs> along. And we had to cut a bunch of stuff on the fly. So apologies to everyone whose things things they made notes for, and then I just had to pie them. Thank you, Ellie. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Jamie. Cheers, Peter. Thanks, Anahu. Thank you. Thank you to Jamie and the gang at EHFM for having us. Uh, follow us on various social things. We now have an Instagram account the, at the Cine Skinny with clips and things of this nature. Uh, we will be back, like I say, in mid January 2024. We need to be out of the studio in three and a half minutes. So goodbye, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy Bye. Dear,